0: Coming up on Rediscovered, it all seemed too easy.
1: I got a big one last night, a million dollar sale. Her name is Annette Ridgway. Do you know her? Ridgway? Like in uh,
0: newspapers, timber and oil?
1: Pick up the girl.
0: It's Hey! It's a road.
1: Help me! Get her to court on time. No money be doing this kind of shit, man, a gun and make a quick $250,000 piece of cake. You got her, and they want millions, so they're gonna kill her. I'm sorry, I try to tell her to stay put. Then
0: came the hard part. Well, don't
1: you think he's gonna keep his end of the bargain?
0: Take your father's house, his money, his business.
1: Linda Blair, David Hasselhoff, and John Vernon. Bailout. Going once, going twice, sold.
0: Welcome to Rediscovered, a podcast dedicated to reviewing TV, movies, and animation from the 80s. ...that we haven't seen since its initial run or missed us altogether. And now your hosts, Jason and Wyatt. Welcome back to the Rediscover the 80s podcast and another episode of Rediscovered... ...where we are reviewing obscure and overlooked TV shows and movies and cartoons... Some of which we haven't seen since its initial release, and others, like tonight, that missed us all together. I am one of your hosts, Jason, and with me is my longtime friend and co-host, Wyatt. How are you, sir?
1: Doing well, and uh, this, like Jason said, this is our first movie we're going through basically successively, so we started out with, what was it we started out with, with a TV <laughs> show? Ryan, man. Yeah, Highwayman then we was the cartoon pole position and now we're on to a movie. So uh, yeah, this was, uh, we'll leave it at interesting as we start <laughs> our discussion about the movie. I don't know how your take was, but to me it was, we'll leave it at an interesting as the preface for this yes, movie definitely. called Bailout.
0: Yes, it it was weird like doing research on this. It actually had like three different titles. The actual title of the movie is W.B., Blue and the Bean, which references the three main characters. And then overseas, it was something totally different. But anyway, it was released back in 1989, starring David Hasselhoff and Linda Blair. And the tagline for the movie, I'm going to do my best uh, movie voice here, Did he finally get his break, or will they break him? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That was the tagline. Uh, Like Wyatt said, it's going to be interesting, because looking at the ratings, like on IMDb, it's 4.7 out of 10. And the audience score over on Rotten Tomatoes is 30%. So it was just kind of an off-the-cuff pick. I found this cheap DVD. And after looking at the box art and and kind of looking at the plot, I, you know, I kind of thought maybe it was going to be like a two-hour Night Rider episode. We didn't exactly get that, <laughs> but
1: uh, no, we got a lot more for our fifty cents. I'll tell you that. <laughs> right,
0: and that DVD was fifty cents. Yeah, I, I'll get into that here in a little bit, but uh, I <laughs> there's not a there's not a Wikipedia page on it. So I did all my stuff basically from IMDb, and I also found this blog that somebody started in 2008 on the movie, Um, so I snagged a little bit of information off of that, so shout out to uh, (laughs) wbblue.blogspot.com. I'm sure they haven't touched it in in probably, I don't know, eight years as well, (laughs) but I did get a few little tidbits off of there, so... Yeah, not a very uh, box office <laughs> type movie. It was released direct to video, which we'll get into. You know some of the release and all that coming up, but let's go a little bit into like the development of the movie. It was written and directed by Max Cleven or Clevin, however you want to pronounce that. And he only directed a, a few lesser known films, The Hunted. Deadly Stranger, The Night Stalker, those are definitely B, maybe even C-level movies, <laughs> from what I could tell. But most of his career was actually as a stunt coordinator or a second unit director on major films. So his stunt coordinator credits include Back to the Future, Batman Returns, Footloose, The River Wild, and The Wild Wild West. So I thought that was interesting. He had a, a pedigree in uh, the stunt coordinator. And then the second unit, I I had to look this up because I'm not a film geek. And I know you you watch movies, but I, I'm not sure you would know what a second unit director is. But he is basically uh, in charge of the crew who shoots the supplementary footage. So all the like establishing shots, the stunts, the inserts into the movie and the cutaways. All of that is basically in charge of the second unit. Mm. They don't film with the, you know, the main actors and all of that. But his credits for, you know, being the second unit director included uh, Footloose, Back to the Future 2 and 3, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Uh, Batman Returns, The River Wild, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and then the 2002 Spider-Man, which was the first in the Tobey Maguire series. So he did the second unit footage for all of those movies. So, I don't know. With a pedigree like that, I thought maybe we'd get some some decent footage out of this. I mean, there is some cool stunt scenes and practical uh, effects and car chases and stuff like that in the movie, but yeah, that that was about where you, uh, stopped with the comparison to, you know, like Batman Returns or whatever. <laughs> um, executive producers. This was weird. Uh, Frank, uh, I'm going to screw this up. Goistra, uh, something like that. He actually just was the executive producer on the Blade Runner sequel, Blade Runner 2049. It wasn't much else in his IMDb. And then Peter E. Strauss was an executive producer as well. Uh, he was also on The Jacket. Uh, there's this film series called The Best of the Best and Buster, which I believe was the first and maybe only film starring Phil Collins. Um, still like B-level stuff here we're talking about at least. And then Bailout was also produced by The Hoff and then Max Cleveland the director and then this other guy Samford Hampton who was actually more of a TV producer he was a producer for Silk Stockings if you remember that show on USA Network and then two Power Rangers shows Power Rangers in Space and Power Rangers Lost Galaxy interesting combination there (laughs) and then uh, one more film credit for this and I'm just basically going to stop there Uh, the music was composed by Chuck Serino Thank you. like B-List, action and horror films Return of the Swamp Thing Chopping Mall, and Ghoulies 4 (laughs) were three that I picked out but one that I thought was interesting that you would get a kick out of he also did A Man Called Sarge oh yeah you remember that one that's uh, That's that's, one we
1: gotta dig up
0: that's B-List as well but yeah, I mean that was one I remember watching with you actually I don't know, maybe it was maybe one of the pay channels that was It was a on.
1: Showtime spoof, you know, one of their one-offs from Showtime. And I still remember, like, a couple scenes. One of them is, what a beautiful moon out tonight. And it's a dude mooning up in the window. <laughs> right. At, you know. That's, like, the uh, only scene uh, I
0: remember, too. <laughs>
1: the other one is where they have all the pipes, the big, huge, like, long pipes or something. And they're peering out, like, like uh, periscopes on the road then the, the one guy says, okay, everybody pipe down. And then turns. And I want to say it says, everybody's a moron or something like that. And that's all I remember about the whole movie.
0: Yeah. Well, that was actually 1990. So we might have to stretch our boundaries a little bit there if we're going to go outside the 80s. Yeah. But, yeah, that would be one I'd want to watch again. <laughs> Just for I can't like,
1: I can't remember where I found it. Probably like one of those what's what's the shop factory or I can't remember the other one TV shows on DVD or something Mm. I've seen.
0: It's probably out there. Interesting to check and see if it might be on YouTube or one of the streamings, but, uh, yeah, it's in the same vein of like hot shots or, uh, the naked naked gun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that kind of comedy, (laughs) very dry and very, I don't know. I remember watching that one. Uh, the uh Chuck Sereno, he there's a quote uh talking about scoring the movie, and uh he said that uh David Hasselhoff and him were planning to write the end title song together, but he got a job on the T V series Baywatch and I guess it was taking up all of his time, so he didn't end up contributing any of his uh musical skills to the movie, which I don't know. Might have improved it. I don't know if it would, or might have went the other way. I don't know. I've never, <laughs> I've never really listened to any of his uh, music. I know they looked. Well, him in you German. did once on
1: one of the episodes of Night Rider. That was him. The little
0: okay. concert he had. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway, let, I'll let you take over and go over the kind of broadcast and home video history.
1: So, like Jason said, it's a uh, direct-to-VHS video, which is probably why we didn't even know it existed for much of our life. It was delivered in 1989. Runtime was 88 minutes. There was a DVD that released 10 years later in 99. It's available on streaming via Amazon Prime. We look at it through YouTube channels by – I'll just spell it. (laughs)
0: It's It's big time. time with J's, basically. Okay, big
1: time with Jay's Okay, whatever. Full length <laughs> movies. And essentially the the plot was there's three modern day LA bounty hunters known only by their code names. David was the most hilarious, Whitebread, played by David Hasselhoff, Bean and Blue. Original, well, real original right there. Yeah. They're all hired by their bail bondsman boss to look after a wealthy heiress, Nettie Ridgway, who is Linda Blair, who witnesses a murder of a one-time boyfriend connected to a powerful Colombian drug cartel. When Nettie is abducted and taken to the cartel's hideout in Mexico, the trio are forced to travel south of the border to try to rescue her in time for her to testify against her boyfriend's killers. So that's our synopsis. And the main cast will go real quick. David Hasselhoff, obviously, his true name was called Roger Donaldson, but the bulk of the movie, you call him either WB or White Bread. He's the crew chief of the three-man bounty hunter, and obviously he's best known for Knight Rider, Baywatch, and then his music career mostly in Germany. Right. And then Linda Blair, who is Annette, Nettie Ridgeway, mm. she's the wealthy daughter She's an heiress that gets kidnapped by the Colombian drug cartel, like we said. She's known for two horror films, uh, The Exorcist, which won a Golden Globe and nominated for an Oscar. She is in yeah. Exorcist 2, Savage Streets and Hell Night. She was a guest on MacGyver as Jenny's Chance. I remember it's it's the horse racing one. She was on Married with Children. Magnificent 7. Oh, yeah, she was the the girl that dropped the the, the kid off and then they ran. I remember that episode. Don't they ran that away one. for cigarettes and never came back, so they inherited basically the Bundy's that inherited a third kid. <laughs> in 82, she appeared on episodes of Love Boat and Fantasy Island. She was in an episode in 1985 on Murder She Wrote. She has some voice credits to include an episode of Extreme Ghostbusters and Godzilla, the series.
0: That was in the 90s. Yeah. I've actually watched the Godzilla series. I'm huge into Godzilla, and that was like a continuation from the movie with uh, Ferris Bueller, Broderick, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Which actually is a guilty pleasure, I'll say. Most people hate it, but (laughs) I actually enjoyed it. But, uh, I have. Yeah, she has movies.
1: Original or any others? So, um, <laughs> and I didn't even know there was a thing called Extreme Ghostbusters. So,
0: yeah, it was a sh- kind of a short-lived series in the late '90s, like maybe '97, '98. In there, the only uh, original Ghostbuster in there was Egon, and he had like a new team. Interesting. Uh, I've never watched it. but I just know a little bit about it. Um, Can we get?
1: John Vernon, who died in 2005, he was Mr. Ridgway, mm-hmm. which, you know, we've seen him. Uh, I see him most like on Ernest, one of the Ernest movies. Yeah, he like, was the
0: bad guy in the first one, Ernest Goes to Camp. He was, yeah, that's uh, where was. The dude trying to shut the place down.
1: Yeah. So he plays the father of Nettie, who makes a bad deal with the cartel, that, which lead to the daughter's kidnapping. He's best known for Dirty Harry, Animal House, Outlawed Josie Wales. And Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay, that was obscure. (laughs) Ernest Goes to Camp, like we just talked about. He was in two episodes of Knight Rider, Voodoo Knight. I remember that one. (laughs) And Good Night's Work. Uh, He was in in an episode of Discovery on Airwolf, which I'm going through right now. I haven't caught up to him yet. He guest appeared on A-Team, Fall Guy, and others. He's had, had some credits as well in Batman. TAS.
0: This is his voice uh, acting credits.
1: Here, yeah, Matrix and the 1996 Incredible Hulk. Bring us down to Tony Brubaker, who plays Mason Walcock, a.k.a. Blue. He's the second part of the Bounty Hunter team. He has, according to IMDb, he has 216 stunt credits between 1970 and 2013. He played Mr. T's stunt double on the A-Team. Mm-hmm. Other acting credits are small roles in movies to include Commando, Blue Thunder, Tron, and Running Man, guest TV roles on Airwolf, Dukes, Fall Guy, Magnum P.I., and a few others.
0: Yeah, he was mainly known for his stunt work, obviously, so most of what I found on IMDb was he was, like, uncredited on Mm. a lot of that stuff, even the, you know, small little parts he had during an episode or something, or a movie.
1: Then we finally conclude with Thomas Rosales, Jr. He plays Casper Garcia, a.k.a. Bean. He is the final team member of the Bounty Hunter True. Uh, 183 stunt credits as well from 1973 to present day. He has 171 acting credits, primarily small roles like Dawn of the Planet of Apes, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, Con Air. That's where I've seen him before. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Conair is one of my guilty pleasures. I love that movie.
0: <laughs> it is great.
1: And um, Speed, I think I've seen that once or twice. Uh, anyway, then he appeared on shows like an episode of MacGyver, The Spoilers. He was in five episodes of 18. I have to really look back for that one. And he was in Break In at Santa Paula on Airwolf. Yeah, I've has- probably seen him, and I just can't place him there, but I've, I've seen him on Conair. Yeah, Yeah,
0: he's, like I wrote in the notes there, there's really too many TV credits to list. Right. He's just been on just a ton of stuff, and he's still going strong. So a lot is stunt work still. Like he, uh, I saw one of his stunt credits was one of the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and he's like 70 years old now.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So still rolling. And then there's just a couple of small little supporting cast actors I wanted to throw out there. Danny Trejo most of the people would know him uh he does all those um what is it sling tv commercials now and he was in the movies like machete desperado he was in con air Yeah
1: I, I saw uh, it, recognize him from con air he was uh Johnny Two 23 or something like that
0: Yes yes He was in Heat and then the Spy Kids trilogy as well pretty well known face there he just had a brief role in the movie and then the uh, the guy that plays uh, Zalazar, who is like the main bad guy in the cartel there, he had uh, a few roles. Uh, he was one of the bad guys in Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, he had a small part in the Italian Job remake, uh, which I really like that movie. And then uh, he's a regular now on that new Amazon TV series, Bosch. if you've seen that. So
1: didn't even know it existed so
0: <laughs> that would <laughs> Those were just a couple other uh supporting cast members in the movie. There's a couple other ones in there that people may know but mainly kind of B-list horror and actors that uh, uh you'd have to be a really a cult follower of those kind of mid or low-level movies to to know who they are. But thought I'd throw those a couple more out there and then I guess it's time to go ahead and, and get into our review. Um, I guess first let's go into some of our, like, favorite or least favorite scenes throughout the movie. As we're watching it, we had to stop and maybe take a note on.
1: Well, there wasn't too many favorites, sadly, um, <laughs> You know me and my memories, right? I recognize the mansion from the Foundation for Long Government. <laughs> they pull up in. I wonder why they use that there, David Hasselhoff. Um, his nickname, White Bread, was kind of comical throughout the movie. Yeah. The uh, the eighteen jump sort of thing with the van was kind of cool for me. <laughs> I like that it was basically a Chrysler commercial because most of the cars on there were. Like a Chrysler LeBaron or the older LeBaron's, the big old cars they were using, or the the old uh, Plymouth duster that the bean rolls up in and
0: So I put a note here. I was like, couldn't they give in the Hoff a decent car? <laughs> I mean, he's he's driving around in this Chrysler, LeBaron, convertible. It, and it sounds like it's on his last leg. You notice that? Oh, yeah. When he's like starting it up, you're wondering if it's going to start up, you know, or just crap out on him right there. I mean, come on, man. You look at the, like all of the, and I'm a victim of this because I'm a victim of this in music, too. You look at the album cover and sometimes you just make a purchase based on an album cover or back in the day when you're at the rental store you see the video box and you're like oh this looks good and i looked at all of the (laughs) the vhs boxes and some of the dvd releases and there's like explosions in the background there's one where it's a total pose like they pulled from knight rider or something for him and there's this like red sports car doing a burnout or something on the cover so i'm like oh you know this is gonna be cool and they give him a Chrysler LeBaron to drive around in that sounds like it's going to quit at any moment. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it,
1: I guess that was probably my best favorite parts of the whole movie was that stuff. <laughs> How about you?
0: Well, I mean, there's some fun parts in it. I. I thought seeing the Hoff and, you know, pretty much everyone, like, towards the end of the movie on horseback, like, (laughs) like, they're cowboys or something. I don't know. That was just comical to me. I'm like, hey, look, he can ride a horse. And uh, even Linda Blair, when they were, you know, down in Mexico trying to get her out. I also like the scene, like, towards the end when Nettie, uh, Linda Blair, she's like, come on, give me a gun already. She's like, give me a gun, give me a gun. They won't give her a gun. And then he finally uh, gives her a gun when they're in the back of that truck. He, like, passes it to her, and all these guys are, like, riding up on horseback shooting at him, And she just starts picking them off one by one. Bam, 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 bam. And they're like, what? She's like, where'd she learn how to shoot? And she's like, Daddy's gun club? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That was kind of a trope. It it reminded me of Spaceballs when uh, they shoot the girl's hair. (laughs) Yeah. He shot my hair, son of a. You know, and she's just. <laughs> uh, that just reminded me of that. Uh, I mean, again, like you were. There wasn't a whole lot that I pulled out of here that was like, "Oh, that was great," or "That was that was a, a great scene." Uh, I, I didn't really have a lot. I mean, just the start of the movie where the dude is driving. I guess it was a Rolls or something and the music is awful <laughs> his acting you know he's just like cussing out little kids and the dogs that are you know he's driving by and he, that was awful i mean it would that whole first scene just pushed me off on the wrong foot yeah <laughs> watching the movie what else did you pull out i guess that was in the the really bad category or i
1: observed that the only way they probably try to get anybody to watch it They had to throw the nudie bar and the stripper nightclub or hotel thing in there just to try to get someone to watch the movie. (laughs) I mean, if you get a girl shaking her booty, I guess that's what you're going to bait them with. I I think that's the only thing that
0: saved it. Yeah. It was weird just – I don't know. Watching him in Knight Rider and then watching him in this movie, it's just weird seeing him like cuss and, you know (laughs) –
1: what I, what I found was funny right so he's they go and have their briefings or meetings whatever in a strip club but then the girl at the you know hourly rate motel that walks out of the steam room that's you know, stark naked he just you know hi yeah yeah just need a room yeah yeah you know just for you know he's just doing that i'm like why are you being all modest now you're sitting there in the freaking bar. Playing tennis, playing
0: virtual tennis with the girl,
1: seriously, <laughs> it's like
0: that was crazy. He's just like playing virtual tennis, you know back and forth while they're talking,
1: yeah,
0: uh being supposed to be a tennis instructor on the side. I did find one <laughs> one little connection as far as the the motel like front clerk girl yeah I had I was trying to remember what movie that they did that in before and i actually remembered it was from this this movie called hot dog the movie and it's these people that like have the ski competition and i can it's been forever but they did that in there and it's funny because who was the stunt coordinator on hot dog the movie the director max claven so he Four like stole did. that <laughs> he stole that scene from that movie so uh it was <laughs> I was like, wow, a little shock factor there. But what else you got?
1: Maybe it was a style back in the 80s, early 90s. But the corny cowbell rhythm that they throw most of this freaking movie, I mean, it is catchy. Don't get me wrong. It was catchy, but it was like everything, like a TV episode, not for a freaking movie. You play that once or twice in a movie and leave it be. You don't play it like it's a freaking Knight Rider theme (laughs) for a show. I mean, really? And I guess that I saw the guys all in the suits, it reminded me of Miami Vice.
0: It was totally ridiculous. We you know when they, they fly down to Mexico to go after the girl and Hasselhoff's dressed in these like light khaki pants and like a white jacket out in the middle of, you know, the desert and dirt. I'm like, What are you doing out there in a white shirt and <laughs> talk about sticking out like a sore thumb, you know? <laughs> That was something funny when they get down there, you know, and uh Blue plays this, uh like, ex-football player, right? And they get down there, and they're in the middle of nowhere. They're trying to get to this hideout, and they stumble on this random Mexican guy in a sombrero, and he recognizes the guy. Mm-hmm. And he, oh, yeah, I remember you, you used to, you know, <laughs> he starts going through all the, you know football games and plays and stuff that he did and you still play and you know it was just kind of a trope i guess in in the movie where the character that you come up on you think is going to be the enemy or do something crazy and he like is a total role reversal and yeah ends up being their their kind of guide or buddy along the way (laughs) that was kind of comical yeah what else you got
1: Towards the end, where they're having the basically the blowout, the gun, the Wild West is the best way I could tell it.
0: Yeah. Kind of the
1: Wild West vibe of just to shoot them out, you know. They have the Huey helicopter somehow enters the picture with the uh, cartel leader, you know, riding it. And he mm-hmm. sh- he throws off uh, Roger or David Hasselhoff, you know. He's like, Oh, just one man. He's carrying a gun. We can't make out quite what it is, but it looked bigger, a little bit more serious than, like, a little 9 mil or something. Just don't worry about it. And then dude launches, like, the 18 grenade launcher, you know, <laughs> takes out the freaking Huey. I'm like, are you kidding me? The guy's racing up there, and you're going to go for the five that are sitting or whatever. Right. Um,
0: They're down the box. down the trail, mm-hmm. right. It was kind of like a small sawed-off or something. I mean, it obviously launched a missile.
1: Uh, I know not <laughs> they launched a few of those all the time
0: well at least you know that's the way it, it came out when they shot the uh, I'll put in quotes helicopter because it yeah. was a total like model <laughs> falling to the ground you know yeah. and then the whole you know he's got to like lay down and shoot
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was ridiculous oh my gosh
1: the last yeah, I mean, thing I have is like the ending is when, you know, they're on the phone. Well, dude's on the phone. They're, they're bondsman or whatever is on the phone, and they're keying the mic on the airplane. They're getting ready to sail off, and they're, you know, trying to up the ante. What do you think she's worth? 250000 And the girl says, you know what? I swore I saw at least $10 million in the safe back there. And they had to do a big U-turn to go back for that safe. And that's yeah. basically the end of the movie and i'm just really yeah that was about
0: it <laughs> this is going to be a short review people yeah, well i mean it's yeah i don't i don't have too many notes either i mean it, again it was just a lot of cliche stuff the you know when when he uh finally when they rescue linda blair you know and then they're like driving to the motel they get there you know they she does the whole uh, dupe thing there where she, <laughs> she's like, I've got to take a shower. So she takes a shower and comes out. Why don't you take a shower? And then, you know, he's thinking he's going to get lucky. And she takes off with the car, you know, leaves him there at the hotel. I mean, you know, that's a cliche. Yeah. And then the whole, you know, <laughs> using the uh, gas company front to get past security and go after her in that van, you know, <laughs> when they are like the A-team there. That was a little ridiculous, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was just kind of, like I said, it was kind of weird watching a R rated movie with Hasselhoff and even just the shooting people, you know, cause he didn't, he didn't shoot guns in Knight Rider, you know, he just would jump in the car and they would shoot all day at him.
1: Yeah, that's but it.
0: He didn't really, unless it, you know, he's like pushing Goliath off a cliff or something. Yeah, there was no real, like, gunplay, like, would be in, like, Miami Vice. And this, like, played out totally like Miami Vice. He's, like, shooting people, and they're falling back through windows. and Oh, yeah. I mean. They Exaggerating. They're doing yeah. like, whoa, I can jump 50 feet because I got shot. The uh, the stunt doubles and the, you know, all those stunt people were basically the stars in this movie. If you, oh, yeah. If you watch it and watch all their maneuvers and stuff after they get shot – and the people like flying off the horses and stuff when they get shot. <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, it was just total ridiculous when people were just smashing windows after they get shot and stuff. I mean, it was crazy. But again, that violence wasn't there in Knight Rider. So Mm-mm. it's, it's just hard to connect him with, with you stuff know, this, outside of Knight, Rider.
1: Knight Rider. So this might have been what was keeping him. In, in his apartment or whatever in LA before something big, you know, landed. So well, I felt for him in a way, a but it like, dude, this was, I hope you got a serious chunk of change. Cause this was,
0: yeah, it was definitely, you know, you would think that if you're going to get him, you're going to try to get the Knight Rider audience and you're going to kind of play to what he's known for. And maybe that was all him that he was like, Oh, let's, let's go off the cuff a little bit. Let's, Throw in a lot more stuff than I could get away with on Knight Rider, and go kind of play up that angle more, and maybe you know people will see a different side of me or something. I don't get you stuck see. in no, this they, character, they, but like, I don't know. I would I would kind of be if I was the director, I'd be like trying to put every single piece of Knight Rider, you know, like the mansion, <laughs> try to add everything in there. Give him a cool car, let him you know do some stunts on in the car and have a car chase. Not this piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> that he's driving around. Well, no offense day, to Chrysler, but
1: <laughs> Not defending my Chrysler, but that one right there, I mean, that was the big thing back in the day. That Chrysler was like the to-do. Not that it was much. I, I admit that. It wasn't much, but it was one of the convertibles back in the day. Yeah. But Kit was also convertible later on. I mean, they could have got a better car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, I don't have too much to say. Apparently, you don't. There wasn't a whole lot I really pulled out of this that I was going to be like, yeah, even that $0.50 I paid for the DVD, I'm like, yeah, I might just throw it away. (laughs) Can I get my (laughs) refund? Yeah, I mean, if you've got Amazon and you want to check it out, go check it out. But as far as like an overall review and whether to recommend people to go back and rediscover this or just leave it in the past – yeah, just just let it rot. <laughs> I'm sure I, Hasselhoff is letting it rot right now. You know,
1: we need more uh, sound effects somewhere because I'm thinking of the you know the Price Is Right kind of whammy, you know, wah, 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 sound effect right now. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, leave it buried in the past, really. <laughs> There's such a rating.
0: Yeah it it was a total steaming pile. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm even kind of embarrassed that I suggested it <laughs> because there's so many movies out there that people would know a lot better that maybe we should have went for first. But you know we got to change it up a little bit too. We can't just give thumbs up to everything, you know. <laughs> that's it. That's it.
1: You know. And we we threw it out there just like we do. We randomly throw things out what we can find and that's available and. We go with it, and that's, you know, that's yeah. part of the fun of this series As we discovered is I think it's going to be a little bit more dynamic than, like, we stick to uh, mass cast or when we're going down memory lane with Memory Jogger. It's This is going to be fun, I think.
0: Yeah. We might find
1: that we wasted a lot more time. <laughs>
0: right, right. Well, but you've got to find the fun stuff out of this, you know, I... If I do the research ahead of time, I would have been like, okay, so the director is actually more of a stunt coordinator, and two of the three main actors are, besides Linda Blair, are stuntmen versus actors, so (laughs) this is a movie full of stuntmen turned actors and and director, so what do you expect, you know? (laughs) Very true. Anyway, if you feel... Up for it just because maybe you're a Hasselhoff fan, I still would be like, yeah. There's there's probably better stuff out there that you can spend 88 minutes of t- <laughs> your yeah. time to watch, and uh, we'll just leave this one like like you said, we'll just leave this one buried. <laughs> so, all right, well, that's going to be a uh, very short review on Rediscovered for this uh, WB. Blue and Bean uh, bailout, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> this movie, and next time we'll go back to a TV show. We'll look at our list and see what we can come up with. And uh, I'm kind of liking this rotation. Now we can yeah. kind of just kind of move on to something else and something different. It's not all going to be you know movies in a row or TV shows in a row. We can kind of get our and movies. You know we're gonna, this, These are going to be shorter reviews. These aren't going to be huge because we speak the material just isn't there right you would have in 13 episodes of whatever so anyway any final thoughts
1: thanks for watching and listening to us uh, again on on our episode of rediscovered please continue to follow us find us on rediscover the 80s.com find us on our uh, social media networks and we'll see you again next time for another episode of rediscovered
0: Thanks for listening to Rediscovered right here on the Rediscover the 80s podcast feed. Find our show notes at rediscoverthe80s.com and watch our recording sessions on the Rediscover the 80s YouTube channel. Theme music provided by Bart Graft. Visit bartgraft.bandcamp.com for more retrowave music. Join us again next time as we review more TV, movies, and animation from the 80s right here on Rediscovered.